0: Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, December 18th. Here is an update from today's show. President Trump, on the eve of his expected impeachment, lit into congressional Democrats for what he deemed a perversion of justice and an attempted coup predicting Tuesday in a rambling and rageful letter that voters would punish Democrats and history would vindicate him. The president's written diatribe was delivered as the House set the stage for a historic floor debate and an impeachment vote on Wednesday evening, a momentous act that is nonetheless likely to be devoid of suspense as tribal partisanship in the Capitol has made the outcome a near certainty. House Democrats stood largely united on Tuesday in their march to pass two articles of impeachment for abuse of power and obstruction of Congress, which would make Trump the third president in U.S. history of 45 to be impeached. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said lawmakers are ready to exercise one of the most solemn powers granted to them by the Constitution, describing the vote in a letter to her Democratic colleagues as an act of moral courage. Trump acknowledged that his own six-page letter, addressed to Pelosi, will not alter the trajectory of the proceedings. But he registered his objections in characteristically fiery fashion, with the stated intent of memorializing his sentiments for the historical record. The missive on White House stationery, which aides said was largely Trump's own handiwork, called the impeachment process words like invalid, spiteful, egregious, meritless, terrible, disingenuous, baseless, preposterous, dangerous, fake, fantasy, and illegal. Trump was particularly scathing in his personal denunciation of Pelosi. He accused the House Speaker, who describes herself as a devout Catholic, of lying when she said that she prays for him, and of disrespecting Americans with what he called a false display of solemnity. Trump worked on this letter for more than a week, revising drafts with Policy Advisor Stephen Miller and Legislative Affairs Director Eric Euland. The president did not want White House lawyers to review it until the final stages because he correctly predicted that some of them would warn him against including certain passages that they view as problematic for his legal defense. Pelosi called the letter ridiculous. It not only reflects Trump's sense of victimhood, it also serves as a warning shot 11 months from the next election. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and Minority Leader Chuck Schumer engaged in a standoff yesterday as the Senate prepares to recess for the holidays arguing through public statements and media interviews rather than meeting face-to-face. McConnell rejected Schumer's call to subpoena witnesses for the trial, including acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney and former National Security Advisor John Bolton, both of whom refused to testify in the House inquiry. Schumer responded in an interview with us that Republicans have not given one solid reason, one simple reason, why the administration witnesses should not be called. McConnell also reiterated his intent to shape the trial in Trump's favor, and rejected criticism that he's abandoning his sworn duty to be impartial. McConnell told reporters, quote, I'm not an impartial juror. This is a political process. Trump's legal team is working to line up three or so lawyers to defend the president in the upcoming trial and has contacted Harvard Law professor Alan Dershowitz as one possibility. The talks are in a tentative stage. Trump's advisors expect Pat Cipollone, the White House counsel, to give an opening statement in the president's defense, and they're considering adding as many as two other personal lawyers who would summarize the evidence and then defend Trump in a closing argument. Trump's longtime lawyer, Jay Succolow, who represented him throughout the Bob Mueller investigation, is a top contender for the role of closer, but he may have to defer to others. Meanwhile, House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff wrote in a letter yesterday that Vice President Pence has refused to declassify testimony that is directly relevant to the impeachment debate, highlighting questions about what Pence said on a September 18th phone call with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. In a letter to Pence, Schiff wrote that classified witness testimony gathered during the inquiry raises profound questions about his knowledge of the president's scheme to solicit Ukraine's interference in the 2020 election. A spokeswoman for Pence declined to comment. Last night, demonstrators, meanwhile, in big cities and small towns from coast to coast rallied for Trump's impeachment. Protesters in the dark of a snowy New England evening chanted, dump Trump, while those marching in the warmth of southern Florida brandished signs reading, impeach Putin's puppet. In Republican-dominated Kansas, they repeated the mantra, country over party. In Texas, they fretted that despite the House's vote, Trump will get away with it all. Organizers said there were more than 600 protests nationwide, from Hawaii to Maine. In many places, the rallies functioned less as a chance to vent about Trump's Ukraine dealings, the matter for which he faces impeachment, than as an opportunity for collective catharsis over the entire track record of a president disapproved of by slightly more than half the country. In New York's Times Square, a crowd estimated in the thousands demonstrated marching through the streets bearing a giant banner emblazoned with a clause from the Constitution that deals with impeachment. But most rallies drew dozens or at most hundreds. Their relatively modest size reflected the difficulty that Trump's opponents face in mobilizing voters to eject the president when the chances of doing that before the 2020 election appear vanishingly small. The protests were collectively dubbed the nobody is above the law demonstrations, and they were coordinated by MoveOn.org. Ironically, that group got its start 21 years ago to protest against Bill Clinton's impeachment. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. If you want to hear full episodes, find The Daily 202 wherever you get your podcast.